Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jacob Albrocht. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and Welcome in, everybody, to a Tuesday edition, a National Championship Reaction edition of Sports Daily. Glad to be with you. Jacob Albrock here alongside Tommy Castor, Jad Chambers producing for us, taking your calls at 869-1240. It is Sports Daily. We've got that. We've got K-State hoops to preview. We've got KU hoops to preview. You'll hear KU right here on KFH later This evening, Jerome Tang addresses the rumors of him uh, being linked to other jobs, potentially, fair or unfair. He answered the questions. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Tommy, how are you today? I'm good, man. Um, I don't know about you. I only watched maybe the first two and a half quarters of the national championship game last night, probably like a lot of people. Um, And then I, I had this kind of like random flipping through channels, trying to figure out what else was on TV. Um, I certainly wasn't expecting that, but uh, that's what we had last night. Yeah, it's too bad. It was worst case scenario, and two and a half quarters is about the spot that I uh, flipped over to to Modern Family reruns myself. There um, you go. It it was, you know, it was interesting. It became evident pretty quickly that TCU wasn't going to be able to stop Georgia, and that's where I think the game got away, um, and, and then just snowballed as these things happen. I don't know that I think Georgia was 58 points better than TCU on most nights or every day, but they were on last night and, and yesterday. And if it, 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 at the point that, because if we could feel it, TCU could probably feel it, right? Like they weren't going to be able to stop them. 
And that's where Georgia's defense really came into play. It's why on New Year's Eve, I was hoping and hoping that Ohio State would win that game because I thought they're quite a bit behind Georgia defensively, and maybe TCU could just get in a track meet with them. Georgia was a bad matchup. We all knew that. This is worst-case scenario. This is what you don't want to see. This is an SEC team flexing, and now we'll boast about this for years, and another non-SEC team steps in and falls short. Um, these are the things that we hope don't happen. Is it a – I guess the question today, Tommy, that we'll discuss, is this a – you know, is this a – badge of honor for those that say it's pointless to expand the CFP or is it not? And we can say, Hey, good for TCU for getting to this point. It's going to take a little time, but the, you know, the field is evening some it's as big a beat down as we've seen in any national championship game or any championship game of any kind. Um, I don't know. I, I hate it because I really, 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 really am sick and tired of that narrative with the sec, but it's, you know, it's it's there because it's at least partly true. Uh, they're ahead, and they dominate in recruiting. And for whatever reason, they take advantage of that recruiting better than other teams. And, you know, this is what we get in a game that gets out of hand where one team has more NFL-type athletes on the field. I'll take it a step further. It's not partly true. It's entirely true. The SEC is ahead of everybody. Um, you know, so it's, it, I don't necessarily think it's a narrative that's being formed. I think it's just a fact that the SEC is better. I'm going to be honest. I think that this was wishful thinking for anybody who is a TCU fan, anybody who doesn't like the SEC, anybody that was cheering for the Big 12, it was wishful thinking to think that TCU could hang with the Bulldogs. Um, and, and I was one of them. So I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with myself, too, that I had wishful thinking, thinking that the Horn Frogs could go in there and they could hang with with Georgia, who has been by and large head and shoulders the best college football team in the country, not just this year, but last year too. And so uh, I think that we all kind of threw everything out uh, and threw out the accomplishments of guys like Stetson Bennett and what that Georgia offense can do. We threw it out. We conveniently ignored it. And we thought, all right, this is a cool story with TCU. They're the Cinderella team. They weren't even ranked at the beginning of the season. You know, and, and that's what we do in sports, right? You get an underdog team, you get a Cinderella team, um, you know, everybody roots for them. And Georgia is not Alabama quite yet, where everybody actively roots against Alabama to lose. But Georgia is a representative of the SEC, and people typically root for the SEC to fail when you're outside of that conference, right? And so I think that that was just kind of a, a boiling point where everybody who really desperately wanted another conference to raise its hand and say, hey, we are right there with Georgia. We're right there with the SEC. And it didn't happen. So I think that we threw out all the data. I think we threw out all the stats. And I think that we just decided that we were going to hope and wish and pray that TCU could hang with Georgia. It didn't happen. And so um, I sit here this morning and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely admit that I was one of those that, you know, I think I said yesterday that I thought Georgia would win, but TCU could cover. Um, and then I went back and I looked at what these two teams have done the entire season. Yeah, TCU won a bunch of games, uh, but I'm, I'm not sure that the data backed up that claim that, you know, Georgia could win, but TCU could cover. I think everything in retrospect would show you that Georgia probably was due to roll right over the Horned Frogs. Yeah, for sure. I think the, the 
you know, the bet, and I was on the TCU side too, was just the momentum of the Frogs carrying through a little bit. And and any chance that Georgia overlooks them, which they clearly didn't. Um, you know, if this was – I wondered too last night, Tommy, if this was a semifinal game, I think TCU probably would have fared far better. But the fact that Ohio State scared Georgia that much left little room that uh, that Georgia would be unprepared. We look at next year's recruiting class rankings, and at the top you've got Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, so two future SEC teams, right, uh, and LSU all inside the top seven. So only Ohio State and Miami of what will be the SEC would be up there. Uh, and it goes down the list a little ways. I, I think that, you know, the other part of this is the Georgia dynasty that's being created here which we see in college football all the time, right? And we've seen it happen in other leagues that aren't the SEC. We saw USC have a dynasty. We saw Miami have a dynasty. We've seen it. Most recently, we've seen it in the SEC. But what I don't want to happen today is for everybody to get discouraged at the progress being made to a playoff and what it will do for the sport. It's fine to me. If we go to a 12-team playoff, and, and, and Georgia ends up playing Alabama through that playoff, that's great. Who cares? Because every team then will have had a spot at the table to prove it. And college football, pay attention, because the money favored TCU last night. Why is that? Tommy, you're right. We all should have seen this coming to some degree. Georgia's body of work, not just over this season, but over the last three or four years, should tell us with that much preparation time, TCU is going to be in big trouble in this game. But we all wanted to take the chance anyway. Why is that? Because we want it to be true. And so that what, what does that tell you if you're the sport of college football? Give us more of that, please. And I also do still believe fully that five, ten years down the road, when we get some settling of NIL and the transfer portal, there will be a more equal distribution of talent because these players that all go to these schools will have better opportunities in other places uh, just to play number one and so I, I don't want it to I don't want it to dwarf the momentum to why a playoff is better for the sport if even if it never changes and the SDC wins 10 out of 12 times national championships that doesn't mean that expanding the playoff isn't the right thing to do. It absolutely is the right thing to do. It makes the sport better. If we can now eliminate somehow the gap between the end of the regular season and the national championship game, I mean, come on. Like, with nothing in between, that's not good for the sport either. So all of this will make it better. Even if Georgia wins 10 in a row, doesn't matter. It'll be better this way. And, oh, by the way, what kind of dynasty might Georgia be making here, Tommy? They're going to be probably the favorite to win it again next year, or at least number two behind Alabama. Three-peat. Now we're getting into that territory here where I can actually get on board with it a little bit. I like these dynasties. I think they're so hard to do. I loved the Miami dynasty, um, which was the last time we had somebody go for a three-peat, right? Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. I have to look that up, but... I, I won't mind that storyline next year. Can Georgia win a third in a row? I think that'll be a fun storyline. Well, look, I mean, it doesn't matter if you've got the semifinals and then the championship game, you've got the four-team playoff, or if you have the 12-team playoff. It, it doesn't necessarily matter right now because the disparity 
is is still there. Um, and, and so that disparity will grow between the number one team and the number 12 team. That's just the way that it is. Uh, and that's the difference right now as it stands between the NFL and college football. We enter in the NFL playoffs and we really have no idea what's going to happen. We know who the odds on favorites are in the NFL, but we also know that there are quality football teams that can come up and upset, you know, any one of these teams uh, on any day. We've seen that throughout the entire regular season. College football right now is a little bit different. Now, I think that there is that argument to be made that with NIL and the transfer portal and all of that and expanding to a 12 team playoff that you probably will move towards a little bit more uh, evening out a little bit more parity uh, between multiple teams in college football. But as it stands right now, there's a, a growing disparity. Uh, it's been almost 20 years since a Big 12 team has won the national championship, 2005 with Texas. Uh, that was 17 years ago. And Texas is leaving. Uh, and so pretty soon, um, I th and I think it's already happening right now, there are conversations about other conferences being able to compete with the SEC. That's always been the conversation, right? That's been a big reason why Texas and OU are leaving the Big 12 and going to the SEC. They want to be with the best. And right now, I don't think, and I hate saying this because I don't like the SEC, but you can't argue with the fact that the SEC is, by and large, the best college football conference in America, and it's not even particularly close right now. Yeah, I know that there were two Big Ten teams in the semifinals, but Man, I, just the way that Georgia has played the last couple of years, then you throw in Alabama and you've got all these other SEC teams. Uh, Tennessee played great this season. They were, you know, a top five team for quite a while. Uh, they are head and shoulders right now as it stands above everybody else. Yeah, it's and that's OK. I mean, that's that's not that's not. I, I just don't like saying that's why we need to separate the SEC from everybody else. I, I just don't think that's necessary at all. I think that it, it won't look, there's not a lot of buzz going into national championship games anyway. And I think there are a whole lot of reasons for that. I think, you know, playing it on a Monday night is silly. I think waiting so long to play it is silly. I think it's just inherently natural that we are not as connected, generally speaking, to teams that aren't a part of the you know the college football we consume every week. We're all kind of tuned into it, but we were more tuned into it last night because TCU was in it in this part of the country because TCU's in the Big 12. If it was, you know, Georgia Clemson, I, you know, I, I mean I'll watch it because we do this for a living and it's, you know, it's the best of the best and I want to see that, but I'm not excited about it. Like I'm not getting, right. I, I was genuinely excited going into last night to see if the big 12 could represent. They didn't. That's okay. I'll be just as excited the next time they get that opportunity. But what we have to stop doing is we have to stop in these championship games when there is a representative from the sec, whether that be Georgia or Alabama or another team, and then a representative from like the big 12 or, you know, Notre Dame's been in the, the championship game. I mean, different things like that. What we have to stop doing is stop throwing out all the data. And I'm speaking for myself, too. Throwing out all the data and wishing and hoping that the other conference will get the win. Because right now, that's not the case. Um, you know, David Pollock, I don't know if you saw this. David Pollock mentioned on, I think it was the pregame show or maybe the halftime show, uh, that he was talking about the Georgia dynasty being built while Nick Saban was sitting right next to him and Nick Saban's reaction wasn't great, but it's, it's the truth. Like Georgia is building what Nick Saban 
currently has at Alabama, they're the two powers, and that conference is the power conference, right? And so I think that until proven otherwise, it is um, it, it's not um, respectful to the SEC to sit back and say, yeah, I mean, you know, look at what TCU's done, and, and they're, you know, they've had this great underdog season, and they can go in. No, they can't. No, and, and nothing leading up to it should have told us that they could. We just wanted that to happen, and that's an indictment on me. That's an indictment on you. It's an indictment on the Big 12 fan base, anybody that doesn't like the SEC. But until proven otherwise, the SEC is absolutely the top dog. And everybody knows that. I mean, it's okay to want that to not be the case. I mean, it is, you know, you mentioned Texas in 2005. Since that point, we have had, uh, we've had like three times, three times in that, you know, whatever, 18-year stretch uh, that we've not had an SEC team win it. Clemson had their run where they won it in 16 and 18. Florida State won it in 13. And that's it. I mean, yeah. it, it's wild. It's It would be the equivalent well, I, it doesn't really have an equivalent. There is no equivalent because, and this has always been, and, and it is, it, it's a problem, but it's unavoidable. Like nobody plays the same team. So there's not even a way to equate, like this would be like the AFC West winning, you know, 15 out of 18 Super Bowls. It's not the same because the AFC West plays everybody, right? The SEC doesn't play everybody. They play each other. And then it proves over the course of time that when they get to the final, but there's inherent flaws in that too, Tommy. That means they've, you know, they've been allowed to play in the game every year since then, where not every conference has had that opportunity. And that's based on that's based on human opinion and nothing else, right? Because the schedules aren't equitable. So it's not a totally fair argument. I think a lot of the problem for people like me has been, yeah, they're winning all the titles. I, I understand fully that they're more talented, generally speaking. But I also understand there's big advantages when you're in the in the whatever, you know, playoff sure. or championship yeah. game is to begin with. You know, before we had the CFP, you how do you even know if the other leagues cuz they didn't play any of the right. same people and and now you get stuck in this game. Like it's it's it, there's two sides to it. So the playoff will at least solve that piece of it, right? Like everybody will get a chance in a playoff. Now you get at least the conference champions in there to represent their leagues. And if they get beat, so be it. But at least now you and to me for the SEC that validates their championships even more. Well, and listen, I, I'm like everybody else in this part of the country that, you know, watches the the national sports shows and you see the national college football insiders that are all SEC driven. And we sit back and we say, oh, they've got an SEC bias. And, you know, I'm I'm one of them. I don't like it. I'm like, you know, give some attention to, you know, teams like Kansas State and TCU. I was irritated during the Sugar Bowl when during the pregame introductions, they spent all this time on Alabama and barely referenced the Wildcats. Like, that irritates me being in this part of the country. And then last night happens, and I, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, they're right. They're absolutely right. Well, they are. Until until proven otherwise, they are absolutely correct. And that, that makes me mad, and it makes me want to have a lot more parity. And it, I, I desperately hope and wish that whether it's TCU, Kansas State— Maybe it's a team in the Big Ten. Maybe it's a team in the Pac-12 that somebody else can come in and actually prove that they can take down the SEC. But right now, that's just not the case. Well, it's going to take – I mean, look, it takes time, right? And the transfer portal's impact on it is the unknown. It allowed TCU to very quickly get to this point. 
it's you know it's going to be it's hard because in college basketball i think we've seen a much faster impact of the portal because you have five guys right and just young players have a bigger impact on the sport than college football all of these things but we're seeing in college basketball the impact of it right you're seeing different teams mix into the top very very quickly we're never going to see an impact that fast in college football right. but the but the process to get there is the same right it will take which team is really good at the portal and then which team can you know parlay that into starting to get the level of recruit that they haven't been able to get before and that's who's going to eventually 2 3 years from now sort of rise to the occasion a little bit TCU what they did in the portal, if they're now able to, you know, turn that into top 20 recruiting classes every year, they're going to elevate themselves. And so, but that takes more time in football than it does in basketball. But let basketball be the guide. I mean, we're seeing it every year. Kansas State, that fast of a turnaround? Are you kidding me? That'd be impossible before the transfer yeah. portal. I mean, it, it just would. So, and 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 I think, honestly, that's why Kentucky struggled, because the only way to do that was to get all the best, you know, one-and-dones. And that's not right. good enough anymore either. Um, it, it's an I interesting dynamic, but it'll be better. By the way, I also think that after what happened last night, and if you want to talk about an SEC bias and just the attention nationally, I guarantee you that there were a significant number of people last night that were watching that national championship game and thought uh, maybe Alabama should have been in the playoff instead of TCU. Uh, and I know TCU won their semifinal game, right? But if, if you want to talk about how top these different programs are in that conference, I think there is that argument to be made that, you know, again, until proven otherwise, I think you have to tip your cap to the SEC. Well, you do, but that doesn't mean Alabama deserves to be in there. They could have earned it in the league that they played in, and they didn't. That doesn't mean that they deserve to be in there. If they deserve to be in there, they wouldn't have lost the games that they lost. Um, and that's, again— Alabama fans should be the biggest proponents right now of a 12-team playoff because they would have been in, and they could have proved know. it. Alabama smoked Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl, and Georgia I, I smoked know. TCU in the National Championship. But that doesn't—what I'm saying is just because of that doesn't mean Alabama deserved the spot. Alabama had every opportunity to earn that spot when it's only four spots to have. If it's 12 spots, Alabama's getting in anyway, right? And, then, and, and I've always said 12 spots allows for teams— that have had a stumble that might very well be the best team, which Alabama fits that mold, right? That finally allows that team a chance to win, that team that maybe lost one or two games along the way for whatever reason, because they had an injured player, whatever it is, now that team gets a chance to get in there and prove it. In a 14 playoff, that almost never happens anyway. I don't think Alabama deserved to be in there. Were they better than TCU? Probably, but that doesn't mean that they deserve to be in a 14 playoff, which is the problem quite frankly, with a 14 playoff. You don't get the teams that deserve to be in there. You get this random collection of guesswork at whose resume is better when nobody plays any of the same teams. 869-1240, what did you think of the national championship game? Bigger picture thoughts on it as well. We'll take those. We've got movie tickets to give away, so stay tuned for that. We'll give away two different four-packs of movie tickets today throughout the show. We're going to come back. Jerome Tang was asked the question he had to be asked. And he had a response. We'll go through that on his name being linked to other jobs. That's next on Sports Daily.
This is Sports Daily on KFH. Welcome up. Welcome back, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Glad to be with you. What's on tap today? We'll get uh, more reaction throughout the show to the national championship beatdown of Georgia over TCU last night. We'll look ahead to KU and K-State playing basketball tonight. We've got a visit with Dan Israel coming up as the Chiefs enter the bye week here of the postseason. Uh, Tommy, let's talk a little college basketball here in a story, love it or hate it, that's going to dominate the headlines for a long time here. We dealt with this with Lance Leipold for KU and football. We have in the past dealt with this with Chris Kleiman and K-State football, and now we're going to deal with it with Jerome Tang and K-State basketball because they're off to a start nobody saw coming. ESPN Stats and Info had it as the largest post-January jump in the polls Since 1977, K-State goes from unranked to number 11. Why? Because they only have one loss and they just went on the road and beat Texas and Baylor. Uh, They've got two potential All-Americans. Marquise Noel had an historic week with back-to-back 30-point games, but just absurd, you know, to go along with about 12 assists a game. Keontae Johnson, Tommy, has had double digits in every game the Cats have played this year. It has been... Fantastic to watch. The fans need to show up to Bramlage and continue this buzz and get it going, keep it going, because Jerome Tang, if this continues, will be the hottest name in college basketball for other jobs. Yes, even one year only in to what he's doing at K-State. Why? Not just because they're winning, but because he's shown the ability to navigate the portal. He's shown the ability to put together a really nice recruiting class. He's shown the ability to bring in high, high high-level assistant coaches, and now he's showing the ability to win basketball games. He literally has everything you want a college basketball coach right now, and he's doing it at an insanely high level right away, and he's going to get rumored for every job that comes up now. Well, you said that he's going to be rumored, and he's going to be a candidate. I think he already is. I think that's already happening right now. I mean, um, there are already... Uh, questions that are are being posed to him in press conferences about uh, potential jobs and and where he wants to go and you know if he's going to be at Kansas State long term. His answer to one of those questions yesterday was, and I quote, "We try to focus on what's going on right now. If God wants me at K State, this is where I'm going to be." Uh, and I get it. I understand you have to answer it that way, um, but that is a non-answer answer. Coaches do that. They're very good at that. They are very good at kind of answering a question, but getting around it when it comes to their job status. I don't blame him um, because you kind of uh, kind of launch him into that speculation. And then if he says one way or another definitively, he's locked into that. And he's got an agent and he's got people that are looking out for him as far as the money is concerned. And um, why speculate on it right now? But you better believe he's thinking about it. Of course he's thinking about it. There's no way that you can't be thinking about it. Uh, so... I don't know. I just think that this is something that bears watching moving forward um, because while he may very well be happy in Manhattan, he is already, I would think, a candidate probably for some jobs, Texas being one of them. 
um, at least like the thought process of we should probably check in on him. That's only going to continue and it's only going to grow with the more success that Kansas State has. Uh, we know about the coaching carousel in college basketball, right? It happens every single year and you've got athletic directors that are evaluating currently coaches and whether or not they're going to return and maybe they leave for another job. Maybe they get let go. But I guarantee you all of the top athletic directors at the top programs in America that may potentially have an opening are already putting together a potential wish list because they've got a plan ahead, right? They don't want to be caught off guard. And you better believe that Jerome Tang is going to be on some of those lists. Yeah, and when I said going to be, I just mean because there's really only one opening right now, Texas, that would that would qualify. And so Jerome Tang was asked about it. Uh, our buddy Tim Fitzgerald asked him, and we'll talk to Fitz about this later in the week. Um, and he just said, I don't I don't need to comment on that one and kind of laughed. And then, you know, further was asked uh, a little bit about it. And he said he's just basically he's trying to focus on what's going on right now. If God wants him at Kansas State, he'll be at Kansas State. If he wants him somewhere else, he's going to follow God. So there were two pieces to his response. I think the first um, when asked directly about Texas that he doesn't need to comment on it would be encouraging. Uh, if you're a K-State fan. The second, not so much. But what everybody always needs to remember in these situations, one, the question has to be asked. So don't be offended by that. Absolutely. It absolutely has to be asked. Uh, you've got at a public institution, one of the highest paid employees who is very obviously being courted by other places. It is it is a reporter's duty to ask about that. So don't don't shoot the messenger, right? And also, don't overreact to what a coach says in those situations because there's really nothing they can say. Um, they have agents. I do believe, generally speaking, that when coaches tell you, not worried about that right now, I'm focused on what I'm doing here. Generally speaking, I actually believe that because they have agents. Like if Texas wants, it has interest in Jerome Tang, then call his agent, right, and have those conversations there. If there's anything pertinent that, you know, that Jerome Tang needs to know about, his agent can tell him about it. Uh, nothing's going to happen before the season's over. Anything that's happening or has happened is preliminary and just sort of background work right now. Agents can handle that. Drum Tank doesn't have to handle that. He's he's put his job resume on display every night here. He just put it on display in Austin. So he doesn't have to be a part of any of that, and nor does he need to worry about it at this point. So I believe him when he says, we're just focused on this right now. He's also a really high-character guy, which in K-State history, historically, has been really good to K-State of guys sticking around, maybe when they didn't have to. Uh, Bill Snyder, Chris Kleiman, guarantee you he's had other job offers. Um, Jerome Tang, we'll see what his ultimate aspirations are, but it's hard for me to believe, Tommy, and I just, like, I try to put myself in those shoes sometimes, it's hard for me to believe that you wait that long to take your shot as a head coach. You put in that much work, not just with the basketball, but with the community, the campus, and everything that he's done that had people loving Jerome Tang before he ever coached a basketball game in Manhattan. And to quickly leave that without, you know, real consideration of where you're at and what makes you happy, what's making you tick— I just, he seems to me like the kind of guy 
who would not just jump at the next available opportunity, but really genuinely think about it. And that's why I keep saying the best thing K-State fans can do right now is reciprocate the amount of buzz that's being created on the court with buzz off the court. Sell those games out. Make that place awesome. Think about Texas Tech and Chris Beard leaving and what's happened since and what happened there. There's absolutely no reason that Manhattan, Kansas can't do the same thing that Lubbock, Texas did immediately when Chris Beard got there and started winning. Selling out games, creating an atmosphere that's fun and awesome. I've been to Packed Bramlage. It is fantastic. Replicate that. What else do you have to do if you're in that area and you're a K-State fan? I mean, I don't know what a ticket to a basketball game cost up there, but I imagine it's not that big a deal for fans. If you got everything you want right there in front of you. You've got the players to get behind. You've got the coach that you need to convince to stay. And you've got a team that looks like they're going to conv- they're going to compete for conference championship. Get in there. Make it awesome. Make the TV networks want to come to Manhattan and put K-State right in the spotlight every week. That's only one part of it, though. There's another part, too. Um, not only is it the fans going to Bramlage, but it's also the donors opening up their, their checkbooks, right? Um, because Gene Taylor is going to have to pay Chris Kleiman and probably going to have to pay Jerome Tang. Uh, and that's just the nature of the beast, right? And so the fact that you've got Kansas State fans, and I get it, they're fearful. They don't want to lose Jerome Tang. Uh, Kansas State could very well be entering a glory era of football and basketball at the same time. That's awesome. That's great. Um, But that's part of the nature of the beast is coaches being courted to go elsewhere when they have success. Chris Kleiman was rumored at a couple different places, and ultimately he's going to get a a big extension and a big raise to stick around at K-State. The same thing could happen for Jerome Tang. That's the nature of the beast. So rather than pushing back on it, rather than being fearful uh, rather than lashing out about his name being mentioned and, you know, how dare people, you know, think that maybe he would want to go somewhere else, embrace it and realize that the fan base and the donors do play a pretty large part in a coach deciding if they want to stick around or not. So that's that's really one piece of it for sure. And then, yeah, like I, I totally understand the thought that he is a high character guy and there's going to be more than just a paycheck that comes into this decision, right? Um, it's going to come down to also his uh, lifestyle. Also, if he's happy, his peace of mind. I've always said you cannot put a price tag on peace of mind. And if Jerome Tang is truly happy and his family is truly happy in Manhattan, that's, ama- that's amazing. Keep it going. Stick around there. Uh, I don't have any issue with that whatsoever, but I think that this is something that the Kansas State fan base can actually – get excited about and show like, Hey, he's, he's on the table as a a top candidate nationally to maybe go to a a bigger program, but let's do everything that we can in our power to keep him here. Oh, for sure. And you know, a couple things on that. It's impossible to know what makes somebody happy. So that's all. And I don't even, that that's not even something to speculate, but if we are speculating, it feels like Jerome Tang's personality vibes with, K-State more than it would with Texas. Um, it just does. Uh, Texas basketball, like even with Chris Beard there and them great, that it's hard to create the buzz down there. The, the level of buzz where you're the biggest thing going on in town, 
it's just hard. And, and K State is such a unique place, much like Waco and Baylor, right? Like you have such a feel of the you know small town community. Everybody's there, so that piece of it's there, and and that's all speculative. Whether you know one place is happy or the other, and that's you know whatever we'll do that because it it is the probably the top topic we're gonna take with us through the college basketball season outside of KU trying to win another basketball championship, obviously. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. But as far as paying the coach, I don't worry too much about that because Gene Taylor and and this donor base has such a rich history of doing that, of getting that done. Like, I, I you know, I, I don't think it's going to be that hard if they continue on this pace to generate the revenue to get Jerome Tang a raise in year one. I, I think that yeah. will be pretty easy. Yeah, I think my final thought on all of this is that if Jerome Tang does choose to leave and go somewhere else, I genuinely believe that Kansas State basketball is on more solid footing than they were before he got here. I think they'll be okay um, because I think he's built something really good. It's kind of the same thing I thought about with Lance Leipold and Kansas football. Like, if Leipold leaves, they're automatically on better footing than they were before he got there. So I don't think he's going to go anywhere. But even if he does, I still think Kansas State basketball is in a good place. Yeah, gut says he'll stay, too. I think we're on the same page there. But it's going to be an interesting time. Just like my gut thought Leipold would stay until the Wisconsin thing happened. And then I was yeah. a little bit like, oh, I don't know. And then, you know, whatever. But my gut right now on January 10th says that Jerome Tang is going to be at K-State for a long time. Uh, 869-1240. Uh, we will wrap up our number one. More topics through the national championship game last night. Your calls on... Uh, whatever you'd like to talk about. We'll have Dan Israel to talk Kansas City Chiefs, the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, coming up. We'll give away some tickets as well before this hour's up, so stay tuned for that. Sports Daily rolls on on a Tuesday. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, welcome back, everybody. TCU steamrolled last night by Georgia, 65-7 to in the national championship game. 
Uh, Zach joins us on the hotline there on Sports Daily. Zach, what's up, man? What's going on, buddy? I had, oh, I had, yeah. to, com- I had, I had to comment a little bit about what you said earlier about um, Alabama. They didn't really deserve to be in there. And I agree because they didn't win the games that they should have. But last night, that game, it made you want to kind of not pay attention. And do you think, though, that if Alabama played Georgia, it would have been a closer game? Um, that's a good question. Yes, it for sure would have Absolutely. been. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I want to see the two best teams truthfully play each other. And the way the, the chips fell, Alabama couldn't, couldn't get in. And I'm with you guys in a way. I'm tired of seeing Alabama or Georgia just win every time. But at the same, I'm with you too with the dynasty. Uh, it's fun to watch. And uh, I just, I'm ready for my Gamecocks to make a little little push. That's not ever going to happen. But do you think, though, that Alabama, in a way, th- those two teams, Alabama, Georgia, should they have played in the national title game? Because it would have been a, a more interesting matchup, I do think. Well, I think anybody they would have played would have been more interesting than what we saw last night. Well, and I, as a I, fan, but, though, I just want to see a good game. Yeah, oh, That's for it. sure. And and it's too bad that TCU didn't give them one again. I think it got away from them early once there was no chance they were going to stop Georgia. And Georgia is just too good defensively to let TCU track me with them like right. they were able to do against Michigan. But it's, you know, yes, Alabama would have given them a better game. And, if it, and the perfect solution to that is to let Georgia and Alabama play in a playoff. But Alabama yeah. didn't deserve to be there because of the schedule it played. They didn't do enough. And I'm not I'm not using that as a knock on Alabama. I'm using that as a knock on a stupid four-team system that makes absolutely no sense, that doesn't give a team like Alabama that had a couple of stumbles, who clearly, right. everybody knows they're one of the best teams. But if they don't deserve to get there, that's not, you know, that's the fault of a four-team playoff. If it's a 12-team playoff, Alabama's in, and everybody's good. I mean, that it's mm-hmm. that simple. This isn't, it's not a knock on TCU or anybody else that Alabama didn't get in. It's a knock on the system that's in place. Well, and look, right. the, the proof is in the pudding, too, right? Like I mentioned before, Alabama steamrolled Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl, and then Georgia steamrolled TCU in the national championship game. Um, and and so I think that the fact that, yeah, Alabama had a couple of stumbles and ultimately found their way outside of the four-team CFP, um, that doesn't, I don't think that takes anything away from their talent level, right? And w- whether or not they're deserving of it, I think that they are absolutely one of the four best teams in America. They just had a couple of stumbles. And so, yeah, Jacob, I'm with you. I mean, I feel like that system, we've talked about it multiple times, is just, it's flawed. And from a fan perspective nationally, I'm with you, Zach. You want to see the best two teams possible to have an entertaining game. I go to my meeting, listen, it's basketball season. Everybody in Kansas should not complain anymore because you got KU and K-State playing well. Football season's over with. We can all move on. Oh, you're right. And, And that's a great way to end the call, Zach, because that is the point, too, here. The national championship game sucked. Uh, national championship games have sucked historically. It's college basketball season. It was a little weird this year, 
that we had the crossover because of how good K-State was, right, in the in the magnitude of the bowl game they played in. It's college basketball season. You got two top 12 teams right now, one of which trying to repeat as national champions and one of which has become the story of the country in K-State. It's going to be a plentiful, plentiful winter in college basketball season. Both those teams play tonight. We'll get to that. We'll get to Dan Israel when we return. And right now, let's give away some movie tickets to the movie Plane, starring Gerard Butler. Uh, we've got a showing. You can watch it before everybody else. Thursday at 7 o'clock at Town West Square. We'll give away a four-pack right now to end this hour. You can get your hands on those tickets by being our second caller during the break. Chiefs football with Dan Israel coming up right after this. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 